1: Very important information here. I know it'll be a help to you in your spiritual walk. There you go. Adam get you a helper or one of y'all. And you get them circulated if you would. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. While they're doing that let me make a, a, quite a few announcements I need to mention to you uh, night watch service will be uh, Tuesday night of course uh, they'll be gathering here about 8:30 for we well, always we'll have a little breakfast uh, ever uh, night watch I want to encourage you if you want to and certainly get here probably from 8:30 till about around a quarter of 10. Uh, they'll have breakfast time, and then church starts around 10 o'clock. Normally, we go on up into the new year. It won't be much into the new year, but a little bit of it. But I encourage you, uh, you want to be a night watch if you can. Wednesday, that morning, we'll be right back uh, for uh, that afternoon, rather, for church. So you want to keep that in mind. night watch will be upstairs Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night, so keep that in mind as well. Uh, Now, also, too, Wednesday and Friday, we're going deeper in our Bible studies as we're talking about the benefits, what it takes to get God to move in your life. We're going to be looking at keynote things that must be done to get your prayers answered and miracles worked. And we're seeing great results with a lot of families. I encourage you to get your prayer requests in. Because when all these people are praying at night, different times, uh, they'll have your special need they can pray over. So I want to encourage you uh, to be sure and get your request in. Friday night, Wednesday night, we'll be talking about uh, the the keys to answer to prayer and think what it takes to get God to move on your behalf. Very, very important. Do let me remind you this. I still want to thank everybody for the... Uh, Christmas gifts, I've had a lot of different people here said, uh, offer our appreciation. So for, on the benefit of everybody here that got and received, all right, we, I wanna, they want to thank you for what you've done, for the good turnout with the shower, uh, for uh, uh, certainly Michelle, as you know, and Raven, uh, yesterday that went real, real good, and we're so tickled over that as well. I got, we, we've talked a little bit. I got to, we're moving our thinking a little different uh, into uh, the vision. That I, uh, there's no telling what lies ahead this year for the church world. We know either way it goes, whatever happens, there's always a devil pulling junk. <clears throat> and the devil's after your family. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what's happening, what I'm seeing across the country. But there's usually one or two in the family that stand in the gap. Where that's not the case, we've absolutely watched total families destroyed. Overdosing, a lot of things. Just wiped out, gone from. They they at one time had a religious walk with God that now have nothing. In the last four years, it's been the greatest ever. Uh, since they've kept records of it, it's really a scary thing. But it is that spirit of apostasy. The hedge is down. You're not standing in the gap and making up the hedge, and that's your responsibility. If you're a believer, I want to encourage you if you love your kids or you love uh, your loved ones, let's put it like that, somebody better be standing in the gap for them because where it's not happening, The devil's just walking in. And it's a scary thing. We're seeing it by the hundreds of thousands. I'm not talking about 10 or 15. It's it's amazing. It's really an alarming thing. Enough it. It's got preachers reviewing and redoing. Many, many ministers taking a different approach to their doctrines even. And and you know it's got to be something to get them to do that. And and it's very enlightening. But I want to encourage you to get involved. One of the key things is we find it in the book of Luke when Jesus was in a resurrected body. Mary didn't know who he was. She didn't recognize him, thought he was a gardener. Think about it. When Jesus appeared to the disciples three different times in a resurrected body before he he went to glory to stay, in John 21, Peter didn't know who he was. Now think about it. John knew who he was. He said, That's the Lord. Peter didn't recognize him. Why? As you look in the Old Testament, we find Elijah catch, capturing an entire Syrian army. They were blinded to what they were seeing. They misread. They did not they had a delusion. God said, I'll cause a delusion. They'll believe a lie and be damned. People can't see straight. They won't think right. Now, this is nothing new. We've been sharing with you uh, some of the drink beverages uh, that are going on in our country and have for several years. And what it comes from would amaze you. Animal waste. And it, we got articles, pictures. You, you could not believe the, uh, the demonic activities in that and bringing addictions on people that they cannot get free from. Really amazing, but uh, get Bible study when we got time to get those to you. We'll be sure you get the copies of it, and I encourage you. You'll want to learn about it Uh, because I guarantee you many of your families are involved in it and may not even know it. But I'm saying you can have your eyes. Well, God used the word their eyes was behold in the book of Luke, and they didn't recognize it. What did it mean by beholding? Some Bible scholars say, well, maybe he had a different body. Well, he was resurrected in a mature body. We know that. All right, we could look at that and talk about it. That could be part of it. Certainly it was. All right, but there was another thing, too. They were blinded to some degree. Now, many of you, got, you got this handout. Many of you have seen this, this little item. I'm sure if I turn it upside down, any, can, most of you can look at that. They had to. You saw it years ago. And if you turn it a certain way, used to, we used to tell people you have to be a believer, you can't see it. Now, how many of you can see the name of Jesus there? All right, but how many of you seen it before? I thought so. But how many of you, the first time you saw it, couldn't? Right? How many of you flipped out when you couldn't? Because we had a lot of fun when people said, you've got to be a true believer, you won't see it. But it, it had to be turned a certain way, for your eyes to be able to catch it. All right, now, that is true. In the uh, book of Luke, again, and I mention it to you, you got one of those in your handout, but in the book of Luke, we read about some wise men. Now, we don't know how many it was. They were three gifts brought, myrrh, frankincense, as you know, gold. Uh, these were all valuable. They were wealthy men. They were not Jews. They were Gentiles. Now, isn't it strange? Isn't it strange from the East? God brought these Gentiles. Uh, he called them wise men. Why would they call wise men? And, and that gets into something it's, uh, we could take a, two hours, I guess, and discuss, but I'm not going to go there. Be in Bible study, you'll hear about it. But God saw to it they were Gentiles, but they had read the parable. They knew about the parable in the book of Numbers. They believed what they read. Because of that, God not only blessed them, but He saw to it a star they saw led them all the way to where Jesus was. He saw they found their way. Yes, He did. Yes, He did. Now, when we talk about visions, This coming new year, there's several things you're going to have to have to keep your heart right, to get right, to stay right, and certainly it's very, very important. And there's judgments when we don't obey God. They're just there. There's ways that you can uh, reap mercy and get rid of about 97 or better percent of your judgment if you understand those key things. But it takes a repentant, true repentant heart. This is why many are falling to the wayside. They're overwhelmed. All right, they don't understand, and it's what you don't know. In the book of Corinthians, Paul said, "At least Satan should get an advantage of us." Second Corinthians, as you know, uh, chapter two. All right, he said because we're not ignorant of his devices. When you don't know how the devil works, he has the upper hand. Well, anyhow, learning how. Visions and valleys and difficulties. And we're going to talk a lot about them. What 2020 vision is and was. Everybody's got 2020 hindsight. Everybody can give somebody if you've been married and divorced, you can tell somebody else all about it. But before you got married, nobody could tell you nothing. No, you that's right. You was in love. Oh. I've had them tell me. I saw shooting stars. I've heard all that. And all kinds of crazy things that they base love on didn't even understand what it was. Well, how can you, how can you display something when you don't even know the definition of it? God created you; He made the human soul so big that only He can satisfy. You, you'll never get enough drugs to, to satisfy. You'll never find it. Never will. You'll never have enough physical, emotional, sexual, however you want to go, intimacy or whatever. You'll never. The eyes are not satisfied with just seeing. It's on and on and on and on. It's like the rain, the ground soaking up the rain. God gave three things that were never satisfied. A lustful eye. Think about that. All right, now, they can never be satisfied because only God can give real satisfaction, a real home. Only God can bless you. But the devil's another rock. He'll supply too. But his, his supply brings bondage and brings troubles in your life and misery. And I've, I've heard people say, why did I not listen? How many times have I heard that? I said, well, it wasn't my fault. I sure tried. Done my best I knew how to, to try to get through that thick head. But I've done some of that stupid stuff, too. Now, if you want to get in Bible study, you'll enjoy this. There's 50 damnable sins listed. There's 50 kinds of hearts you can have. Could it be that each one of those damnable sins produces a certain area of the heart in a perverted way? Yes, it could be and is. We'll talk about some of that. All right. Certainly, it does. But in the book of Deuteronomy, God said, "I'll give them over. I'll stupefy the heart. When you act that way, I'll let you have a heart that is stupid. I have let words come out of my mouth. I can't believe I done that. That was stupid. Hey, If you've ever said that, let me see your hand. Thought it would. All right. Now, God can give you over to a heart of that and you won't be able to change it. The enemy wants you out. He he wants to cut off your supply. He wants you to get your feelings hurt. He wants you to get discouraged any way at all to get you down, to beat you down. That's what he comes to do. This is why, especially in the hour we're living in, we need to be here as an encourager trying to help those that are weak. The strong are supposed to bear the infirmities of the weak. Can I hear a big amen? But everybody has 20, 20 hindsight. Sometimes we see even animals sometimes will show a love or compassion that humans don't show. I read the article back, so it's been a while back, in one of the fires they had in the Yellowstone National Park, Burn up a big area of the woods and the rangers that was up in there. Now you're gonna enjoy this, listen close. And the ranger said that he it 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 disturbed him to see everything that was so wiped out. Said he got over to one big tree and he looked down at the ground and was stunned at what he saw. He saw a bird there that looked like they were they were frozen. Or they, but he, but he could see the image of the bird. What was left of the bird? Its wings were still there, but that bird was this was a hardened type, like a, like a cluster had been over it uh, to shelter it to some degree. Of course, it was dead. He wondered. All that bird had to do was fly to the top of that tree, and it wouldn't perish. He said that's against nature for that bird to do that. But he got a stick and said he got to in the bird, opened up its wings, and guess what he found? Three babies. The little bird perished, gave its life, rather than to take off to save its own. Nature, nature, look at what nature said. Does not nature itself teach you? What is nature? We found out it's a Holy Ghost. Yes, it is. Nature is, is the Holy Ghost at work in people's lives. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah over homosexuality. We know that. It rained fire and brimstone on it. We also know that if you look at the Dead Sea, the Salt Sea that's been draining down, and areas and fresh water coming in, fresh fish miracle. They don't know what to think about it. This ain't supposed to happen until many years later, but we're just seeing a parallel of it. But God's God's confirming this. My word's true. I listened to some of the scientists. We pulled it up was watching. I saw some of it in one of the channels. Somebody had it on their cable, and I was looking at it with them uh, months ago. But anyhow, they were showing that when they they said it, they, this guy was skeptic. This. Uh, a scientist said he was very skeptic of it. He didn't believe Sodom and Gomorrah were there. Uh, he gave his reasons. So he got over there and he began to look. And he said, here's the location, huh? He said, yeah. said he looked over and was digging in that area. And he saw this mountain. What appeared to be. And he said as he began to look down in there, this salt, mountains of salt that were there. Then he took his his pick out, and he went to chopping into, he said, into the side of the mountain, and he said, if it's here, there's got to be fire and brimstone, something to prove it here. And he began to pull, he said, my, my, what is this? And he pulled it out and cleaned it up and took his pick, and he hit it with a strike, and it lit up like you would this gasoline pre fuel uh, charcoal that we got today. He said, this is unbelievable. This is brimstone. And it was all through that. Now you can pull it up and watch it yourself. Why is God letting that happen? But let me share something with you. There had not been a law given on homosexuality. Just like there was no law given on adultery in the book of Genesis with Joseph. But Joseph said, I would not, die. I would not sin with, uh, with Potiphar's wife and sin against him and sin against man and sin against God. How could he call it sin when there wasn't no law yet? He had a conscience. And that was true with Sodom and Gomorrah. Boy, boy, America, their conscience is gone. Can I hear a big amen? Can I hear a big one? But we need to come to that reality. Now, God's not changed according to his Bible. But, you know, people are seemingly wanting to take him on, and who knows where it's going to go before it's over with. But I know, I believe that book. How many of you believe the book this morning? I thought you did. Now, there's several things I want to talk to you that is valuable in this hour, and will be until Jesus comes. Number one is time. One of the most precious things you have given you is time. The older you get, the more you see the value of it. It is one thing that you can't buy, you cannot buy more time. Can I hear a big amen? Think about it. What if you got word, listen to this, what if you got word today that you had 30 days to live? Now, there's some people here that have been told you're in a position to where you're dealing with something, in all probability, is terminal. Now here is the the medical view of it. I've had lots of people come to this church over the past few years. Steve Ellinger's one. Eddie Smith was one. and, And Eddie had 90 days to live. I know what the Lord told me. To tell him, I'll give him 15 more years if he'll commit his life and do what I've said. God gave Eddie Smith 15 more years. He did do it with patches on both sides of his heart. Now imagine that. Steve Ellinger, I told him the same thing. And I know Ricky and Rambo both know him as well as I do. They know the story. We shared with him the same idea. God told us the same. He's not just said that for one person. Steve got 16, nearly 17 years added to his life. He, He had months left. Heart valves messed up, and and it was serious heart damage. It don't heal itself. But in his case, God made his Cadillac ride along nearly 17 more years before he took it. Now think about that. God can do that. The doctor said it's an amazing miracle. The chief of surgeon at National Institute of Health, Dr. McIntosh, said that about Eddie. You're an amazing miracle. Amazing miracle. But we could talk about so many others. God can do that. If you had 30, think about it, 30 days, what would you do different? You don't know that you've got 30 days. Because Jesus could come in the next few minutes. Better keep that in mind and realize why we say it. Now, let me ask it this way. How would your life change? How would your life change if you knew you had 30 days? I noticed Brent had a heart attack the other day. Hadn't been long. And one out of two never lived to tell the fact they had it. Think about that one. But I've heard him say that was an eye-opener, a life-changing event. I worked in the hospital and the chaplains part of there for a lot, off and on, for many, many, many years, in and out. And I, and I can tell you, sometimes lived in the hospital with people, basically. And we saw God do a lot of things. Great miracles take place. But I noticed people that had life-changing events, like heart attack or stroke, where they should have died. doctor told me that about me. You know, you've had an extension put on your life. I said, "Yeah, hey, you didn't have to tell me. Yeah, I know it. And you, you get emotional about it. You'll see them just, just weep, weep because you know... You know, you feel grateful that God let you live. I've seen servicemen that got got different medals for heroic things in the military. They was the only man left. Whole unit wiped out, but not them. And uh, they couldn't talk for being so emotional. Why did God let me live? God had a reason. But I can tell you, if you'll dig into it, you'll always find... There was grandma, grandpa, somebody somewhere that was seeking God, and God protected you. Isn't he a great God? How would it impact impact your relationship with God? Think about it, or with other things that you deal with. What do you think would be different? 30 days. You need to think about that. Value. You ever look the definition of the word value up? What does value mean? When God said, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of one of of His saints. You know that word precious there means it's so valuable, it's costly to God. It's costly. Not that God's thrilled about you dying. That wasn't the case. He said it costs God when you die. He lost a witness here, think about that. That's why he used that word precious. It's valuable to God. Because you was a valuable asset. But it's your time to go. That he's laid out for whatever reason. But you was valuable to him. So what, how do you define value? Well, let's, let's look at it. This one. You know what the value of a sister is or a brother? Ask somebody that doesn't have one. I got a real sister. A lot of people's got sisters that claim that title, but my sister's lived up to it Our whole life. Now imagine that. Uh, and been times I know we've disagreed, but it never affected my love for her or her love for me. Now that's a real sister. Can I hear a big amen? But as somebody, that doesn't have one. Ask them how they wish they did. To realize the value of 10 years, and I chose that one for a reason. All right, there's many reasons why, but I'm gonna share this one. I've watched many times when people divorce that had been married 10 years, here's what you'll hear them say. I just wasted 10 years of my life. Now I gotta start from scratch and go all over again. Value. Ask somebody. Can we not learn from asking? Ask a doctor. He can tell you what you might do uh, to prolong your life. Ask a counselor that might have been able to have spared, helped you spare that divorce or that wasted 10 years. Or the damage it could have done to kids if they were involved. Think about it. But at the time, all we think about is self. We, they don't have, it has no value. At the time. It does after the fact. Everybody has 20-20 hindsight. Isn't he a great God? All right? To realize the value of four years, ask somebody that just graduated from college or high school, and they'll tell you the value of it. If they went on to college and they got a degree, it's about an 85% chance they will make at least 60% more money the rest of their life. The best investment you could ever make. Think about that in some places of the country, it's more than that. but I gave you a conservative figure just to invest four years. How valuable was it? An easier job? Most likely, were you're not out in the cold flipping the hamburgers when I see kids that want to quit work and go to, uh, quit school and go to work. That's about the stupidest thing you could do. You're insane. You're gonna flip hamburgers the rest of your life and get a GED. You think that company it means much to them? You gotta have that to get on with some. But you're gonna—you'll never be—you'll never get elevation unless you have got education. How many of you know that's So not in this day. It might have happened twenty years ago, but that's not true now. You've got to have it. it's valuable. Four years, four years. All right. I could ask Megan here for her nursing. And she's not going to stay an LPN, I wouldn't think. No, she'll she'll go on to be uh, to get her registered nurse, and and who knows where from? Maybe a doctor. Who knows? All right. Who knows what? That's up to Josh, I guess, and how mad he gets. All right. But anyhow, we'll see value. But value. What's it worth to you? Doctors spend a lot of money to get their education but it pays them the rest of their life and their seed as well and they have so many benefits. It's like serving God. I could not tell you and I wouldn't want to get up here. I put a hand on it before and looked at what I could come up with that how God had blessed my life and where I would have been if I'd went another road other people tried to talk me into. I could look at how good God's been to this man. I want you to know, church, you're a fool if you don't value a service for God and dedication to God. Realize the value of it. To realize the value of one year. Ask any high school kid that failed their exam and didn't get to graduate. I have seen kids have to go back and redo that last year. Oh what what a say how valuable was it? Was it worth that party? where you didn't study and you wasn't prepared and you went into it, was it worth it? Never Sin will never be worth what the cost is. It'll always cost you more than you want to pay. Can I hear a big amen? amen? To realize the value of one month. Talk to a mother that had to give premature birth. Say some of the things that we've seen as a result of that. Ask them how valuable, how, how much better it would have been if, if that, they, their slowness there. And so many side effects it can come, and many are affected. I'm not saying everyone's affected by it. I'm not saying it. most are. Premature birth. What's the value of it? To realize the value of a week, ask a newspaper a commentator, somebody's a newspaper writer. I was jotting down just things that I, that I realized. Like, like the, uh, the, the man in Florida, uh, he's a well-known minister. I'm trying to think of his name now. When he got saved, his mama had prayed for him all, all his years, and he loved his mama. He put up with her. She, he would get so irritated with her, she would tell him, Son, I love you. He knew his mother loved him. He said, Say, Son, before you get on that plane and go anywhere, you come by this house for me to pray for you. Well, he, he obeyed. He would go by there, and he said he regretted going many times because he'd have to fly, just, just run his car, nearly get tickets to get to the airport to catch his flight. He's in Florida. He had a flight going out of the country to close a million-dollar deal. And his mama, whatever she was praying over, she got, God got on her, and she wouldn't quit praying, and she had a hold of it. And she held him and prayed and prayed. He said, Mama, I got to go. And she kept her praying. Mama, I got to go. Finally, he jerked his hand out of her out of her hand, Run, got in his car, took off to the airport, and they told him the plane's getting ready to, to I think they're pulling up the, the ramp now. I don't know what you can get on it. And he run, but the plane took off. He was so disgusted. He was gonna tell his mother off. He wasn't going over around her no more. He was done with her silly religious praying. Finally, when he come out, was coming out of the airport, one of his relatives run up to him, and he was a screaming and a hollering, "Where's mama? Here's what she's cost me." He said, "You're wrong." He was screaming and a hollering. He said, "Your flight just went down over the Everglades. Are you listening to me? Killed everybody on it." He said, oh, oh, wow. Better thank God for Mama." moment. Or somebody said, uh, Eisenhower said in World War II, when he was looking at all the junk that went on in Germany and all the Jews that were killed, Eisenhower made this statement, where was God? I heard people say that at 9-11. But I waited around a few days before I said anything to see the report that come in. There was about 50,000 people in, in those two buildings. About that, was what the city of Dallas would hold. Because it's the big commercial controller, of, really, of the big dollars in America and the world. The whole world's economy basically was based on it in a big time way. It was controlled out of the Twin Towers. They were so big to exalt the power of a superpower of America. Well,. At that time of morning when the plane hit, which was about 8.30, somewhere around there, that time of morning, it was around, most of the time, thirty-eight to 44,000 people in the building. Not that morning. 3,500 perished, a little more than did at Pearl Harbor. Somebody said, where was God? I can tell you, He was busy that morning. Because he kept all those thousand. Flat tires, couldn't get a cab, sick, whatever, and they couldn't get to work. And we didn't, I've I've seen it mentioned so little. I remember when Richard Nixon asked the nation to fast and pray. We had some astronauts out in space. They're running out of oxygen. I remember his ordeal. Fast and pray was his word. God by a miracle brought them back. I watched the chaplain on that boat get on his knees and, and offer praise to God and glorify God. It was miraculous what God done. But when you see the documentaries talking about it, there's very little, if any, said. They don't, even, they don't want to mention God. When well, I want you to know we're letting in America a few people smother out. They can't shut your mouth up. You can cry out... And praise him and give God glory, and I'm giving him glory today. Can I hear a big amen? I'll tell you where he was. He was right there working in your life. Because you didn't see it did not mean God wasn't doing it. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. lot of stuff we want to look at and talk about and dig into as we look at visions valleys, mountains and it's going to boil down it's about you keeping the power of God working in your life you may be the only one standing in the gap for your family and most likely you're it and there's a lot more women I believe than men in this generation doing that because I deal with it on a prayer change they're really prayer warriors. There's a lot of prayer, uh, prayer warriors across the country. There's people that dedicate their life to nothing but that. Now, what is a vision? Proverbs 29, 18, God said, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is he that keeps the laws of God. Happy or blessed. No vision of keeping God's laws. But let me share with you how the Hebrew said it, where there is no redemptive revelation. You've been redeemed from something, but there's a covenant condition you've got to meet. The people perish. God said you're perishing because you don't have a vision of covenant condition. You know, new covenant and old covenant means condition. You do this, I'll do that. It's conditional. 1,522 ifs in the Bible. God doesn't just dump it on you without any. It's kind of like God's love. When I hear people say, uh, "God, God's love, think about it. He so loved the world, unconditional love, true, that He displays to the world. But that does not mean you don't have to meet condition to get saved. You do. You're not going to heaven just because God loved you. If, ever, if, if that was true, everybody would go. Just because you're a believer, you're not going to heaven. You gotta be believing the right way. James 2.19, let me give you an example. You believe there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble, but they're not saved. The devils believe and they got one up on you, they tremble. Just believing's not enough. You've got to be born again. You've got to believe to repentance. There's repentance in you. Now, think about that. you got to get Acts three nineteen. Repent ye, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, that the time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Conditions here. Conditions. And there's many of them. I had a ministry the other day. He said he believed in unconditional salvation. He said, I understand you don't. I said, I got insight on that years ago. No, I can take every point you got and tear it apart. And I said, first of all, let me save you some time. I said, now I want want to start right here with you. Have you read Revelation 3, 5? Have you read the many times in the the New and Old Testament God said, I'll blot you out of the book of life? He said, uh, huh? I said, Revelation 3, 5. He that overcometh, listen, I'll be clothed with white raiment. I'll not blot his name out of the book of life, but I'll confess him before my father, and his holy angels. But the, key, the deal was he said, I'll not blot you out. Why would God say that if you can't be blotted out? Or the last two verses in Revelation chapter 22. If you add to or take away, I'll blot your name. He said your name. And in Revelation 3, 5, your name's blotted out. You can't be blotted out if it wasn't in there. So here's what they say, they never really had it. Well, they did have it or they wouldn't been in the book. Can I hear a big Amen. Where's the answer? Well, I don't know about that verse. But over here, I don't know. There, there's air there in the Bible then, if that's what you're trying to say. It's rightly divided. Let's take every verse for what it says. If you see one portion can, across another, you got something wrong with your interpretation. But there is conditional eternal security. Sure. All i got to do, he, he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him until that day. I am kept by the power of God through faith. So here's what I want you to get. You've got to keep the faith. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth means because of that. There's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Can I hear a big amen? Not him only, but to all them that love his appearing. In Second Corinthians, we'll look at it later. All right, visions, visions, the vision we need where there is no vision, so important. All right, as we talked about, as I showed you, you, you you wouldn't see that that said Jesus. You had to hold it a certain way. And the only the only ones that saw that star that it's recorded about were Gentiles, but God saw to it those Gentiles found their way there, didn't he? Yes, he did. Faith. He told the Phoenician woman, which was a Gentile, when she's wanting a child healed, he said, it's not lawful for me to give bread uh, to dogs. Gentiles were called dogs, so gays were called dogs as well. Now, this is what God said about it. Now, listen to what he said. It's not lawful for me to, to give the bread to them. He said, I didn't come but just for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the sheep, uh, rather of the house of Israel, is who he come for, and he and she said true. He said, "I can't cast my bread; give my bread to dogs." She said, "True." She didn't argue that point, but even the dogs eat the crumbs, and all I'm asking for is some crumbs. And Jesus said, "I've never seen this kind of faith. No, not in Israel. So let it be; be thou made whole." What am I showing you? Even when it wasn't God's perfect will to do it, faith got him to do it. Can I hear a big amen? amen. The power of faith. You've got to keep your mind set. But if you don't keep faith alive and just going around saying, Well, I saved it, eight. Now, how's, how's your. If I have to take you back to Lies 8, I can tell you last night, me and the Lord had a great time together. Can I hear a big amen out of you? In just a little while ago in the back. We don't, if we got to go to eight, you're in trouble. I want you to know you're in trouble. You got to have a relationship with him right now. All right, well, look here. 2020, focus must be on that. 2020, this is 2020 coming up. I had a doctor tell me on occasion you, I had 2020 vision. I said, Really? He said, Yeah. I said, Well, why are you giving me these glasses for? And he described something about the shape of the eye after you get past 40, and he went into all that. But he said, "All oh, you've got's drugstore glasses. They're 125." He said, "You can get them in the drugstore." I said that's that's just a, because of your. He explained that health thing. But here, here's what I want you to get. When Jesus said, "Their eyes behold them," get this, and we find when Jesus asked a man when he prayed for a blind man, the only time in the Bible we see Jesus asking this. What do you see? He said, "Man like trees. I like going to." Greek word studies to see what was meant. He said, "I see men upside down like trees walking." And Jesus laid his hands on him and prayed again. Somebody said, "Aha! Jesus couldn't get him healed." No, 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 no. I showed it to uh, my doctor. He's a surgeon at Erlanger Hospital. He said, "Man, I'm a Christian." Said the Bible. I said, "Sure, let me get your Bible here, show you." He, he said, "I never noticed it," but he said, "That's a fact." I said, "Isn't it a medical fact?" that the eyes don't really see. They're a lens, but the, the, uh, they see upside down, but inside the brain it gets turned up straight. You see with your brain, and he said, that's a fact. How'd you know that? I said, God's Word said it. What an amazing about that book. You won't find that in some of these other Bibles, but you'll find it in the Christian Bible. You know why? Because our God is real. How many of you know He's real? He wrote that book. Yes, He did. There's hundreds of examples like that that are amazing, if you want to know. Isaiah 40, 22, 700 years B.C., before Christ was ever born, Isaiah said the earth was circular. In Columbus's day, he quoted that. I read it in his a copy of his library where he said it, well, uh, of his uh, diary that he kept, and he, they had it in one of the libraries years ago. And I was reading it, and, and he said it's he that uh, sits on the circle of the earth. He said God God's word said the earth is circular. They said it can't be. The water would fall off. Boy, who was right? Who proved to be right? God proved out, didn't He, church? Yes, He did. Yes, He did. That book's not wrong. Man's wrong. All right, now, it's got so many facts like that, and people just ignore it like it doesn't count. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'm convinced. I've seen Him. Save people that quick, deliver them from drugs instantly. They never picked it up again. Delivered you here from a forty-four year addiction, right here in this altar. You woke up Monday morning free. Now you know you don't see that happen every day, do you? No. All right, but we got many others. It's had miracles like that. That's a current one. I like to use current ones because people want to question you. I said, "Oh no, they're very." We got documented proof. Jesus heals. Today, doesn't he? So that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. When he walked the earth, he healed the sick. Now, he's done it for a reason. Because, you know, the problem we have, it's a lot worse than our physical battle, is our spiritual battle with sin. You and I need sin taken care of, and we can keep it gone every day by staying under the blood. Isn't he a great God? Isn't he a great God? Isn't he a great God? God? Ah, you're getting better. I told you I'm a marine. I didn't belong to the army. My marine's got to get loud. I, I say, can anybody say, amen? "Amen"? All right, that's good. 2020 vision. Notice it. It's what we're gonna have to have. 2020. Now, my sister back there, she's a smart aleck. She had like 2015, something like that, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, she wanted to. She just had to beat me a little bit. All right, but that's all right. We'll let her win on a few things. She runs her mouth more than I do, but but other than that, all right now, uh, (laughs) you all know better that you take up for. Our focus, our focus in twenty twenty. I encourage you. You can write it down later. Look at Acts twenty twenty. They went from from house to house, breaking bread and sharing the word of God. When you got twenty twenty vision, you'll be active. Reaching out doing what you can for the kingdom of God. All right, But God had a lot to say about those that's got their eyes looking. toward. He used the word looking unto Jesus as the Greek word gaze. What did he mean by gaze? Your eyes are fixed. It means I don't, you're not going to be moved off of nothing but what Jesus said about it. If you're going to get your miracle or you're saying, we're saying loved ones come in. I mean, I could. Uh, some of it's funny how God's doing it. I, I had one earlier this morning. I thought it was hilarious, but I'll get into that tonight. But pull it on up if you would. Go on up quickly. All right, now, in your Bible, I went through and counted uh, the way this was said. And if I counted right, I could have missed one. But the best I could f- count, there's 365 times this word fear or fear not, let not your hearts be troubled. Fear, right. fear when God said fear, don't, or fear not rather when He was dealing with anxiety is mentioned. That word is used in that way. Think about it. That word, three hundred and sixty-five times. I wonder why. I believe He had one for you for every single day. I don't care what day you get up. God said you're not to fear. All right, you're not to fear. You're not to have anxiety. You're not to throw in the towel or get discouraged. Now, you can look around. You can see people are going through a lot of stuff. You can let people try to give you all kinds of bad sentences. I've heard it all my life. But you can say, that might be true for the other guy, and that might be true for you. But Jesus is taking care of me. He's going to see me through. He is able to keep that. He's able to bring, he's able to, he's able to finish that which he started. How many of you know it? David had that kind of confidence in God? All right, so we're going to look at it and talk a lot more about it. Pull it on up if you would. All right. Now, Deacon Stephen. Deacon Stephen was used of God in a great and mighty way. Here's a man that kept his eyes looking into heaven when he was being stoned. It was only then that he could say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He died with the testimony Jesus had. He said the same thing about those that were stoning him that Jesus said to those that were crucifying him. How could he find the grace to do it? He had his eyes fixed on heaven. Stephen did. And he saw heaven open. Now, don't you get this vision he got and he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, not sitting. In the book of Ephesians, we find he's he's sitting in heavenly places. No, but in the book of Acts, we see him standing. Why? He recognized one of his honor roll students was left here victorious, and the Son of God stood up. That's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is. But he had his eyes fixed on the Lord, and he was able to handle it just like Jesus said it in the Korean War. In fact, we've heard a lot of stories like this, even in, in the, in the uh, Gulf, uh, over in the uh, Middle East. In the last uh, oh, three or four years, we had stories of this where, where a lot of Christians were being killed for their faith, many, many of them being slaughtered. But they would found some of them worshiping during Korea, worshiping God. Europe, Asia, and Africa, it's always been the three since World War I, World War II, as we know about it. As so we can come on through, we find all those countries. It's always been again over something about God and religion. What, if you get to bottom line, it's about greedy kings wanting to rule the world. But that's what it's about. And, and, and the best security we can have in America is a good military, but that's not number one. We need super Jesus, not superpower. We need super Jesus on our side. How many of you know that's right? Amen. All right. But they found them in a school, come into a school where they were worshiping. And they came in, and there was one 14-year-old girl. The rest were adults. And they said, You're, you, I'm going to kill every one of you if you don't denounce Jesus Christ. And they went to different ones, different elders, and they wouldn't, they killed them. Got down to her, said, how about you, sweetie? She, in fact, she stood up and said, I'll not deny him. You won't? No. The guard dismissed her and let her go. Why didn't he kill her? I heard her testimony quite a few times. It was interesting to hear how she told that. She said a presence come over her. But she said she was taught by her grandma, just vision Jesus standing for you, and that's what she done. She remembered what granny said, and she didn't waver. She said, I'll not deny him. Well, guess what? She didn't deny the Lord, and the Lord didn't deny her. He, If you deny me, I'll deny you. He said that, didn't he? True story. All right, look here. It's happened uh, once or twice uh, since then as well. But let's look at Stephen. Let's look at his example. In Acts chapter 7, I want you to notice a few things about Stephen. He was a man full of faith. All right? He was faithful. That's what full of faith means. If you're faithful, you're full of faith. So get the picture here. If you're going to be faithful, you're going to have to stay full of faith. If you don't stay full of faith, you won't be faithful. Stephen did. Catch okay, the story. We're going to see how God used it. He's dealing with some, a bunch of Jews that are, uh, Paul uh, is here. Paul is right there to see this take place. And he's going to have him stoned to death what he come to do. Paul said he killed Christians, he put them to death, and said he was doing God a service with a good conscience. He was that messed up. Let's look at Stephen. He said, You stiff-necked, uncircumcised, in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have been now the betrayer and murderers. Oh, Stephen's preaching a message, isn't he? All right, now notice it. You have received the law by the dispensations of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. Can you imagine going up and biting, hating somebody so bad, you're biting hunks out of him. There's people in this country, in this world. We had a boxer here not too long ago, bit the earlobe. Mike Tyson, I believe it was, off his opponent, all right, Uh, trying to win that fight. This full of uh, anger and hate. Now imagine that. All right, now, they're gnashing on him. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looking up steadfastly into heaven. He's full of the Holy Ghost. Catch it and saw the glory of God, and Jesus doing what? standing on the right hand of God <laughs> He saw him standing there. God said, He is eyes got to see it. Can I hear another big amen? amen? He might be a deacon, but he's going out of here. Thank God is a victorious one, didn't he? Now notice it carefully and he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon Him with one accord. They didn't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. It's what this generation is saying today. Oh, there'll be a time you'll want to hear. I've heard that from lots of people. You ain't the first uh, smart aleck that come out with those words. I don't want to hear that. I've had them pull shotguns on me and all this kind of stuff, and stuff. I don't want to hear it, but you know what's kind of funny? They're, they'll be hollering for you eventually. They'll be glad to see you coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, I didn't really mean all that. It's, it's kind of comical the way you see some of them behave when trouble hits them. You don't find a fo- an atheist in a foxhole, no, sir. He's a believer there. You can rest assured. And on their deathbed, you know, you, you, you really got to be full of devils to be that messed up. But notice what happened. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Saul was right there to see it. Some say it was about 25 here. Some say less than that. But Saul got to see it. Now notice it. Saul, Saul... He literally saw a Christian. He had heard a lot about him, but he said, I saw, I saw Jesus. Don't think this didn't have an effect on Saul. This was the first tool God used to bring conviction in Paul's life. Somebody, seeing somebody that lived the life no matter what. Now, Paul makes reference to it in a minute. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God. He was calling on God, saying, Lord, Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeling down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. What? Wow. You ever been hit with a rock? You ever mash your hand on a cold winter day? I was unloading a load of gravel one time, shut the door on the truck on my finger. You ever done that? Boy, it felt so good. Oh, my. You ever got hit by a rock maybe in the face or an ear? Can you imagine being stoned to death? We can't imagine that. And somebody biting on you. And he saw Jesus standing. Now, listen. Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. That's what God said. But God let it happen. God let it happen. Why? Paul needed to see that. Now, let's go on over to Acts chapter 22. We're going to see Paul's going to talk about it. And Paul said, It came to pass that when, when I was coming again to Jerusalem, even while I was, had would prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. Somebody said, Where's that at about people getting slayed? Well, it's three times in the book of Acts. Right here is one of them. Paul said he's in a trance. And in John chapter 18... When the army came to arrest Jesus, and he, they all went backwards on the ground. How many of you know they did? Oh, yeah, God can slay people. Certainly he can. All right, hey, Paul was in a trance. And notice this, he was in the temple. Slayed somebody I said, yeah, but how about all that going on in church? Well, he was in the temple when it happened. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right, now notice carefully, notice carefully. And I saw him, I saw him saying to me, make haste and get thee quick out of Jerusalem. But they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I'm in prison and beaten in every synagogue of them that believe on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I was standing by and consented unto his death and kept the remnant of them that slew him. Wow, what an effect all got to see it. I got to see Brother Smith when he left here. You know, the good thing about visiting and working with people in the hospital, I've seen a lot of people die. I've seen them go through all kinds of rituals, reliving their life, with their hands up, and, and they relived. I've seen that going for three or four days. Some people do that. I've seen them do all kinds of stuff. They, you'll hear them going over the last uh, uh, years, and you'll hear them say, I'm so sorry, forgive me. For that. And I've watched it, and they don't even know I'm sitting there. They're like in a coma-like, all right? like a trance or something. Seen it many times. In fact, Diane's mother uh, went through a similar, because you called me and I told you about what she'd do. I said, here's what she's going to do. Is that what she done, Diane? she done it exactly. Seen it many times. All right, now, certainly it's a very common thing. All right, now, you, you can see uh, God deals with people. Isn't he? A, he's a wonderful Lord, isn't he? He's got your good in mind if you'll just serve him and be faithful and stay close to him. He'll see you through. Kept, uh, keep this in mind. But I've seen Brother Smith when he said his goodbyes to everybody. We're in the room. Doctor's in there. He's in good health talking. The doctor said his heart though was going to give out. He could die at any time. He might live two or three days, but we believe this is it. Blood pressure is doing crazy stuff. And he said, it's just a matter of minutes. minute. When he got done, I've never seen nobody do this. I've seen a lot of people die. But here's what he done. Lifted his hand, told me what he wanted done at the funeral. Talked to his kids and then lifted his hands up toward heaven. He said he could see the Lord. The Lord was in the room. The Lord and two of his angels. He's telling us all about it. Of course, we're all a squalling and all that. Lifted his hands up went to pray in the Holy Ghost and stepped over into glory. I said, man, oh man, oh man, what a way to go. What a way to go. But you know, he was a praying man. He was a praying man. If you want to know anything about him, he read the book a lot and he prayed a lot. He prayed a lot. And God gave him a luxury ride out of here, didn't he? Yes, he did. He sent a limousine to get him, didn't he? Yes, sir, he did. Think about that. God bless. He went to sleep. Think about it. All right, we see that true of Stephen as well. Now, why is this so important? Because God said some people will never go in the house of God. They're not going. The only God they're going to see is your life. Hunter's been aware of that, I know, around the job where he's at, and the importance of letting your light shine. He hadn't always been perfect. I don't have to ask him. I know that's true because you're human, breathing air. All right, but I know he's been a light. Can I hear a big amen? We heard from Megan's boss that she's really been a light. She didn't mind praising God, throwing her hands up, whatever. He was really impressed with her testimony. She's been a light. I heard from a lot of people where Brittany would work about what an inspiration uh, she has been. And and so uh, I could just pick out anybody here. If you've been here, Rick Turner here, good Lord. People, I remember I went into a store once to uh, witness to a man, and he told me I was trying to win the man to God. And he told me, he said one of your church members was in here the other day, and he said that man couldn't stand still. He's a jumping around, a hollering, a glorifying God, <laughs> and a witnessing to it. Oh, that had the power of God on him. Sure, he did. He want you could tell. He, he said that boy was full of God. He could see that. Certainly, he did. Well, your life. Why is that important? Here's why. You are the epistles. You are the epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. The only Bible some people will see is your life. They'll never go through a church house door, but it's your life. Now think about that. When old uh, Rick's, uh, whoever it was, relative up in in the northern part, up above Knoxville, uh, twin cities up there, said she'd made the statement, she said, uh, my, uh, that young man, that man's a totally different man. said, I want to meet the man that, that caused that. And I said, well, I want you to know I'm the man that talked to him about Jesus, but I'm not the man that caused that. Jesus done that. Can you hear a big amen? If Jesus gets in your life, you're going to be different. And it's for sure he's been different, hasn't he, Rambo? Yes, he has. All right. He certainly has amazing testimony. What God can do when Jesus passes by, he do the same for you. To see Tansy sitting here says a lot, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's an amazing miracle isn't it Yes, it is. God bless her heart. All right, now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, let's go here, notice it with me. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, Want you to catch something here. He is the Father. He's called the Father of mercies. Notice it carefully. And the God of all what? Somebody said oh, I just feel so miserable. The God of all comfort can take care of that. Did you know did you know He's the only one that can heal your achy-breaky heart? How many you know he can heal the achy breaky heart? And Luke four eighteen said he was anointed to heal the broken heart. I know the country singer wrote a song about it, but Jesus can heal it. He don't just sing about it. He can heal that achy, breaky heart. Yes, he can. You come in here wringing your hands, and now you're laughing and making fools out of everybody else that try to make a fool out of you, aren't you? God's blessed you. All right, well, look here. Notice it. He's a God of all comfort. God is that. Now, notice this who comforted us in our tribulation. I don't know why I had to go through all that. God got you here to glorify Him. He didn't put you here to glorify you. He's going to use you to help other people. Aren't you glad of that? All right. So you're going to suffer. It's called the sufferings of Christ. You're going to suffer. If you suffer with me, you'll reign with me. Well, notice it. Who the God of all comfort? How many of you know He? I don't care what kind of problem you've got; He's got the cure. How many of you know He does? Yes, He does. Now notice this: Who comforted us in all our tribulation? Did you catch that word "all"? He comforted us in all our tribulation, Paul said. Now notice it. Read on: That we may be able catch this that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You can look and tell somebody, I went through that, here's what I've done, and here's what God done for me, and He's no respecter persons, and He'll do that for you. Yes, He will. Hey, of you know He can and He will. Amen. God is very real. So you went through it, so you can look somebody eyeball to eyeball and say, let me tell you about what Jesus can do. We're living in dangerous times, scary times, but I want you to know, Mama, God loves your kids more than you do. God wants your kids in heaven more than you want them there. But he, you've got to stand in the gap make up the hedge. That's required. You've got to witness to them. You've got to be Mama. you got to tell them. Isn't he a good God? You got to, they, they need to hear you say it because they're not going to hear it in the schools much anymore. You're not going to hear it in the world out there. It's perverted. Our, our, our nation's like a different nation to what it was 30 or 40 years ago. And you all know that. I don't have to get up and, and tell you all about it. If you got any age on you, you know. You wonder, where did America go? There's still some around. There's still some. Isn't he a great God? And he's still answering prayer. Won't be a week goes by that I don't hear some miraculous something God's done, things that we've been praying for and agreeing with people. We see it happen all the time. Now the cancer disappeared the other day. It's amazing. Tumors. It's wonderful. God's doing great things. Drug addicts delivered or whatever. But the same comfort God gave you, He uses it for to give. He it's a it's for a vision for you to share with somebody else. Now. Pull it on up quickly. i got just a little bit, and I'm on unhook. 2 Corinthians 3.18, I want you to write this down. I want you to look at this close. Don't miss this verse. This verse can change your life if you'll get the nuggets that are here. So let's notice it carefully. We're going to read it from the King James, and then we're going to read it from the Amplified. And I want you to notice about the power of looking. The power of putting your eyes on God. Catch this. Catch what he says. But we all, with an open face, beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Like when you begin to look through a glass or a mirror, you see it. You can look through there, you see it. Now notice what he says. God has given you an example of you. Notice it. As we do that, we are changed. Did you catch what he just said? We are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. As we behold Him, as we set our eyes on Him and won't take them off, it will produce a transformation of you. If you keep your eyes on Jesus and not let them drift off, you'll see change coming in your life. God promised it. Now let's notice the amplified. Notice it. And all of us with unveiled faces, because we continue to behold in the Word of God as a mirror of the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image. As you look in that book, as you go to church, when you sit and hear the Word of God talk, but then when you start missing church, you're not going to dig it out on your own. I want you to know, there's a lot of great truths you'll never know. And what you don't know could have been what you... I'll tell you why the devil don't want... When you, the devil comes at you and don't want you there, it's because you would have got something that would have helped you. I'm dealing with a person the other day, and I'm on the phone. as I've lived most of my life. And a, he could one person sitting here could hear it, but I knew he didn't know him. And I'm talking openly. And I said to the man, I said, Let, let me share with you how that works. And I explained it to the man. All right? I say the other day, spending spend two or three weeks a month, maybe the most. Well, anyhow, he, uh, as I'm talking to this man, uh, he, he gets blessed. God's touching him. The person over here sitting, he's a jumping, and jumping up and down, and excited and all that. And anyhow, I don't know, I, I said, there's some commotion in the background. Okay, when I hung the phone up and I'm watching him, I said, what happened? He said, man, I just found out where my problem was. And I done what you just said. And guess what God just done for me? And he showed me a miracle. He said, man, I didn't know that. I'd never heard that before. Now, what is that we're going to talk about later on maybe tonight? We'll get there. But I want to mention it. But notice it. But as you're constantly being transfigured in his very own image in ever-increasing splendor from one degree of glory to another. Remember, I told you the word glory means changing power. Ichabod, the glory is departed from the house of God. That means the power to change it. You have a form of godliness, but they're not in the glory. They have entertainment, but they're not in the glory. I'm talking about when Holy Ghost fall. I like it when the power of God falls in a building. He's rolling around on people. You can feel His presence. Think how many of you know what I'm saying? Change in power. People go down sick and they come up old. Teresa got her liver flipped. She got healed, brought out of a wheelchair. Nobody had to pull you out, did they, Teresa? No. Nobody had to shake you free. God, God done it, didn't he? <laughs> I like that when you see Holy Ghost do it. Now the glory of God. You can uh, uh, the greatest miracles I ever had in my life, listen at me, was when I was in the book studying and got revelation of what the word said, how to receive it. I received the miracle. It's amazing, isn't it? See, we're wanting some preacher to there fasting and praying, and laying hands on. A lot of those days are pretty well slid by. You're going to have to seek God now, I'm telling you. You're going to have to seek God and get in that book. But if you'll get in that book, you'll find he'll move mountains for you. And all he requires of you is faith. That's not hard. And you can do it because everything you lack, faith will give you as we'll look at it. We'll talk more about it. Maybe one more. Pull it up quickly. Pull it up quickly. Pull it on up. I'm going on up. Let's see what's here. Yeah, Hebrews 12. Won't you look at it? In Hebrews chapter 11, God gave God gave us a picture of what He called His honor roll list. Now, this is all the people in the Old Testament. Widows got their dead raised. He talked about it. Uh, Enoch's walking with God, and he was not, for God took him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased the Lord. And before his translation, a transformation, he had this testimony that he pleased the Lord, and it was not, for God took him. Now think about that. And by faith, he was translated that he might not see death. You get raptured by faith, saved by faith, healed by faith, delivered by faith, your family saved by faith, your finances coming in by faith. All of it's by faith. You've got to have faith in the God that's going to do it for you. When you let go of faith, you let go of God. You want God's best you get it by faith keep that in mind well he had just finished the whole chapter 11 that's what it was about which we will go back tonight and pick it up but I want to pick up verse chapter 12 which was simply another paragraph we put it in chapters but it's a letter keep in mind all right so it's chapter 12 1 through 4 wherefore wherefore means in view of all those things you just read in chapter 11 wherefore in view of what I've just said notice carefully Seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. What cloud of witnesses is he talking about? All those in chapter 11, all the Old Testament miracles. Seeing then, notice what he said. We also are compassed, they're around us, about with such a great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Which does so easily beset a every person here? You got that one thing that the devil seems you can't get free from. You say everybody? I say everybody's got that one thing they deal with. One thing they lackest. Jesus said that, didn't he? That, that, there is. So I guarantee. If I ask for a show of hands, Amy here would say, "Yeah." There's one thing I, I'm weak in. Let me see you. Here. You would admit it. Yeah. You know, no matter what you seem to do, it seems to get you. Well, he's calling attention to that. You need to break that one thing. You remember it was an unclean spirit that got a hold of the maniac at Gadiel, and and 5,999 demons came in as a result of that unclean spirit. That, all these others got excess. If you can break that one thing, well, we're going to talk about how you can do that. But well, notice what he said here. Notice carefully. And the sin which does so easily, let us lay aside, he called it a weight. And the sin, it's weighting you down. And the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking, that's gazing, you got your eye. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. He's not only the author of your faith, he's the developer of it too. How hey, many of you know he is? He started it, and he can finish it. All you've got to do is keep on believing. But if that devil can talk you down and you throw in the towel, I couldn't tell you the times. I've been on a fast that didn't happen the days that I wanted. I said, I'm going another day. That next day it happened. Connie and I had an agreement with Adam over so many days. We're going to fast and pray, And, and we spread it out a few hours longer. We was going to go to God, done something. When that doctor shook me and said, Hey, there's something happened back there. Don't get excited. But before there was no brainwave, there it is. Yeah. 1977. Boy. Or in the 70s when this happened. Now keep this in mind. Keep this in mind. God restored. God restored. Others didn't get their miracle, He got His. Somebody said, Well, I prayed, yeah, but what? Is that all you done? Did God talk? Have you ever prayed and heard God say, You need to deal with this? It's something you need to get a hold of. You know what God's saying? You need to lay this down. And you need to lay that thing down by faith. God help me. Use the same faith there. Now, notice that same faith got you saved to get you victory there. All right, let us lay aside the weight of the sin which does so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher, finisher. He is a developer. It means developer of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus endured the cross with joy. Now he wasn't up there hollering hallelujah and jumping around and dancing. No. Well, somebody said, what kind of joy could this have been? When a, he, The Lord used this example. He said when a woman has given birth to a child because of the joy of that child being born to her, she'd go through that pain again because of the joy of the the result. It was worth every bit of it. How many mamas would hold your hand up and say amen? All right, all right. Now, this is what Jesus was saying. Here's why i done it, because the Rick Turners, they called him Crazy Rick, he'd come out of the uh, jailhouse up here that had no hope for him, his mind's gone. One day, he's going to wind up on a bus and wind up it in a Pentecostal store building was in a store building in those days and he's gonna wind up down there in that altar with his mind gone and they don't know what they're doing they're dumb they're unlearned but they're gonna lay hands on him and pray in the name of Jesus full of enthusiasm and Jesus said here's the joy because I paid the price I can sit and watch those people say God God's love, God does deliver, and he'll deliver if anybody believes him. He'll do it for you. Can I hear amen? He was helpless and hopeless without God. We've all been there at one time or another. Can I hear another big amen? He endured the cross that was set before him, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Remember I told you he's sitting in heaven, that's what God said, but then we see him standing when Stephen's going up, isn't he? <laughs> yes he is. He stood up. I noticed it. But consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself. This is why you're gonna get attacked. You know why the devil wants you to look beat down? God doesn't care. God ain't gonna move for you. He's blessed everybody. I heard that garbage all my life. Look here, they got that you prayed for them, they got it. You didn't get in work for you. I heard him, heard him, heard him. I said, you can rattle off if you want to, devil. I'm just, I rebuke in the name of Jesus because I'm not going to listen to nothing you say. Mine is on the way. Mine's going to be bigger and better. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. He's going and I've never had him fail as long as you stick. But if that devil gets you to quit, you're going to be a quitter the rest of your life. Don't throw in the towel. You stand till you get God moving the mountain. Don't back off from it. Now notice carefully here. Lest you be weary and faint in your minds, you have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. Jesus sweated blood. He put forth that effort. You can do it. Isn't he a great God? And it's called faith. Fight the good fight. You don't fight the devil. You fight the fight pray. When you don't feel like it, you pray. When God ain't moving, you pray. When the glory ain't falling, you pray. When you don't feel nothing, you pray. When you have to drink coffee to stay awake or move, pray. I don't care whatever it is, pray. That's the key thing you want to do. Riding down the road, pray. Keep talking. Lord, I believe you. I believe you. Refuse the word, I quit. Don't ever say it. Don't let it come out of your mouth. I'm not a quitter. Say it with me. I'm not a quitter. By the help and the grace of God. I'm going through. I'm going over. And I'm going up. By the help and the grace of God. And I'm coming again. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Stand to your feet if you will. Glory to God. Visions. Visions. Visions, ever head bowed, every eye closed. You need a miracle in your life. It's been a tough time, a tough year. We've heard a lot of people say a lot. I am believing this is a better one. God's sending, God's going to move in a great way. You need God to move in your life. You're tired of the junk. You want to be an overcomer. You're tired. You're tired. You're tired. You want to be totally committed. You can only do this, but God says it's all by faith. It's all by, every bit of it's by faith. That means if you slip up, you can straighten it out and get up and go at it again. I need a miracle. Would you come? I need to get in this altar. My heart's not right. I need to get closer to the Lord. I need a miracle in my life.
0: Mm -hmm.